Hey, good evening, and welcome to episode 98 of the Crystal Silence League Hour. I'm your genial host, the Reverend John St. Germain of Divine Harmony Spiritual Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. We have a good show for you tonight. I like to think all of our shows are good, but tonight especially good. Um, so why don't you join us in just a few minutes and uh, come on back, and uh, we'll be right here um, discussing our topic tonight, Desperation or Passion. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I hope that you will come back, and I hope you won't be desperate to come back, but passionate to come back. So come join us.
Amen. Well, tonight we're talking about um, power. And we've been talking for the past several weeks uh, in this multi-part series on uh, the creative law, the, that which brought everything into being, the, the bird in the sky, the grass beneath our feet, the insect that gnaws at the tree, the um, seed that grows everything, the universe itself, the um, the basic philosophy behind what I'm talking about is that uh, we we stop thinking of, of God as a person, as some old guy who created everything and who punishes and rewards us. And we think of God as a law, as the law that brings things into being. And um, that every religion, every science, every expression is the attempt to express this inexpressible law. And I will tell you that until I grasped this myself, I was uh, I was a miserable, struggling. I wouldn't say a failure, but everything was very hard, and I was very miserable, and it was very difficult for me to um, make ends meet. Difficult to get along with people. Everything was a struggle, and as I become became more and more aware that I was basically my own worst enemy, I was ignorant of these laws, of this law, the God law, the creative law. Um, my own ignorance was standing in my way. And this is what I see, the biggest problem in the world today um, is this belief that um, there is a, a heaven or a paradise awaiting us after we die and that this world is a place of struggle and difficulty, and that you have to follow certain rules blindly without any understanding uh, or any reward, and the rewards seem to be capricious. Good people are punished, and um, um, bad people are rewarded, and it makes no sense. My my God is different from your God, and we're going to fight to the death over it, and that the only God that seems to that to me makes any sense must be a universal God, a God that everybody understands. And the only God that makes sense to that is the God law, that which brought everything into existence. What we can all agree on is that everything exists. Everything exists. And that there's a dynamic force that brings things into existence, that the universe came into existence. We can all agree on that. And that laws operate, that conditions and laws operated to bring it into existence. Now, we can call this God law. We can call it creative law. We can call it scientific law. We all agree that invisible forces brought this into existence. Now, we can't see these forces, but we can see the results. And we don't have to see these forces. All we have to do is see the results. Now, I know that that God, I choose to call it God, the God law, is a, is a living and dynamic power everywhere, omnipotent and operating, um, or in existence anyway, in order that every human being, including you and me and that person next to you and even the person that reviled you and hurt you and broke your heart here now can take any from this mighty God law and force the things we need. Not necessarily things we want, but the things we need. And this is exactly what, um, you know, that fellow from Galilee, you know, the carpenter guy, Jesus, he preached it. But it's not what those who pretend to follow him do today or preach today. No, that's not what they preach today. Now, it's become something different today. Now, I'm going to tell you until I understood this, I was, I was, I was very struggling and I'm going to tell you, it's, it's exactly the kind of struggle that people have told me about ever since I became a spiritual counselor sometime back in the late 80s. Um, and by I came into understanding the spiritual law through counseling other people. 
and seeing the same story over and over. And there, there, there were teachers along the way and um, people showing me the way, but mostly from seeing what everybody was doing wrong. And and then, of course, I came upon certain literatures and lessons and things, but basically when the conditions are right, you you will grow. Like if you put the seed in the earth, the conditions are correct for the seed to grow. If you put the seed in a bucket full of marbles, the seed won't grow. The conditions are wrong. I will tell you, you put the, the mighty God law to work in your life, no matter how miserable a failure you are, the minute you put the mighty God law to work in your life, that will turn around. And in very short order. In very short order. And I'm going to tell you that another um, misconception is that there are two powers at work in the world, good and evil. And that the um, the God law is good law, and then that there's a satanic or evil law that works in opposition. Um, now, I'm going to tell you there's, there's only one power, and that's the power we're talking about. And it's a good power. It works to the benefit of every living being. Now, people often ask me when I'm telling them this, they say, well, what about evil? What about these evil people? What about the devil? And what about Satan? Sin? What about all the stuff that's wrong in the world? Poverty, disease, misery, unhappiness, evil people, evil people. These are the result of the absence of the God law. It's like dark is not a thing. Darkness is not a thing. Darkness is the absence of light. And where the God law is not used, there will be failure and there will be misery. They're not due to a power of evil. It's due to the absence of the power of the God law. And if you understand this, you will see that ignorance of the God law is the greatest sin, as we discussed before. The greatest sin is ignorance of the God law, the misunderstanding of the way reality works. So that's the same thing with success and failure. There's no such thing in the real world as failure. Failure is a misunderstanding. No such thing in the real world as failure. It's the absence of success. Now, if you can see this, if you can get your mind around that, you'll stop thinking of failure. You'll just put that out of your mind. There's no such thing as unhappiness. It's the absence of happiness. This is how the law works. Now, we're getting into the nitty-gritty now. We've been building up to this. There's no such thing as poverty. There's the absence of prosperity. Do you understand this? No such thing. No such thing is evil. There's the absence of good. No such thing as poverty. There's the absence of prosperity. No such thing as unhappiness. There's the absence of happiness. It's because the God law is not being used. And you may depend on this, that if you're currently poor, unhappy, ill, it's because the God law is not being used. The God law is not, not there. And I don't care how far you want to carry this. Um, it's By no possible means can the spiritual law of God manifest any of these undesirable things. God is not doing that to you. This is not as a result of God. It's the absence of the God law the absence of the God law that makes these things possible because they don't exist in reality. There's no devil causing this, or in fact, that makes them exist at all. This is the fall from Eden with separation from the God law, disobedience from the God law. However, many of us have been taught to believe so long that poverty and failure and unhappiness are a very fundamental and expected part of human existence, a real thing that it seems very difficult to get that out of our mind, the fact that these things don't have to happen. And many people cannot believe that when the power of the living God law is used against these things, um, they'll disappear because God is life itself. The creative God law is life itself. When you breathe, you are breathing in and breathing out the God law. So, can there be death in that? No. Death is not any part of this. Can this mighty God law be illness, disease, unhappiness in any sense? No. And 
this is something I I run into a lot when I talk with uh, you know very hardcore uh, fundamentalists is that um, because of their their teachings and their beliefs that we are born in sin we're guilty we're lost and we have to be found um, and uh, we have no no hope in this life except through salvation and then we'll wind up in heaven someday but this life is nothing but misery um i don't believe it i don't believe it i do believe that there's a creative force at work that wants us to be happy and successful and healthy in the here and now more than that i know it and i'm going to tell you that um uh, a few years ago, I almost died. I don't know if I've told the story or how many times I've told it, but you know, almost died. I got pneumonia. I, w- I was working too much, and I got sick. It turned flu to uh, bronchitis to pneumonia, and I was still working. It wasn't walking pneumonia either. Oh, walk? No, no, it was pneumonia, and I was still working. And finally, I made it my way to the doctor because I had tunnel vision while I was driving, and uh, he said, I'm going to admit you to the hospital, and they put me full of antibiotics and all kinds of stuff. And the doctor had a very serious talk to me. He said, you know, you- you're very close to death. And I said, okay. He goes, you understand what I'm saying, right? You're, you you could die. And I said, okay, doctor, yes. And he said, you don't seem very concerned by this. And I said, well, I'm not that attached to life. And he goes, well, son, are you depressed? I said, no, 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 no. He said, I said, but, you know, I, I, I've seen the other side, and I know that, I know that, that you know, you know what you call death doesn't mean anything. And he goes, oh, you're a man of faith. I said, no, no, sir, I'm a man of knowledge. And you see, this is because I know the the mighty God law exists. It's not faith for me. Although there's precious little faith in this world, and faith is very important. You've got to have faith that this God law is going to work for you until it starts working for you. And then you know, you, you go from faith to knowledge. And I'm not talking about blind faith. Blind faith is not going to do you a bit of good. And But you've got to have faith based on experience and faith based on knowledge. I have faith that if I drop a hammer, and my foot is under that hammer, the hammer's going to hit my foot, and it's going to hurt. Now, I don't know this until I do it. I mean, it's happened before, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen every time I do it. But based on my experience, I know that's going to happen. You know, that's that's faith based on experience. So as you start to see this mighty God law working, you will have faith that it will continue to work and work more. But see, I, I I was so totally ignorant of this that I thought you had to rest with your bare hands reality and make it make it bend to your will. But what I've learned is that if you are in the right place at the right time and the conditions are favorable, it, it's easy. Heaven and earth get behind you, and the conditions um, will line up, and it will just happen just like you put the seed in the, gra- in the ground, put water on it. The conditions are favorable for the plant to grow. And uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you, when you first start doing this and you're acting on faith, you're scared. And people I talk to, they're scared. People tell me this, I want to start a business, and I don't know if I can do it. They're scared. I want to I want to get a better job. They're scared. I want to try love again. They're scared. Yes, and it is scary. And uh, But if, if you're doing the right thing, you know, people call me as a root worker and they want to do love work. And, uh, you know, maybe they're, they're dating a man or a woman, and they say, you know, I, I need some work to help make this woman love me more, make this man more faithful. I don't know if this is the right person. And I tell them, I say, if, I, I want to tell you the true thing. If it's the right person, you don't need to do work on them. And if it's the right person, you don't have to ask me if it's the right person. You don't have to ask me or anybody else is this the right person. Because if it's the right person, the conditions are going to line up, and it's going to happen like the seed in the ground, and you're going to know it's going to happen. You don't need to ask me. You don't need to ask any um, any intuitive, any clairvoyant. You don't have to do work on it. Now, those of us in happy relationships, we do work on the relationship, but it's to enhance what's already there. Um, so we call upon the creative law through magic to enhance what we already have. Um, and um, we... Um, we use these uh, these things, but you know we don't try to fix something that's broken beyond repair. Now, we're talking about desperation and passion. 
um, it, it is taught new thought, which is one of the um, few philosophies that actually make sense. Um, that what you send out there will come back to you. What you know, what you send out to the God law, to the mighty universe, is carried, amplified, and brought back to you. And many times, th these are sent out not with a attitude of joyful expectancy, which is what I ask people to do. I send it out with the ex expectancy that something wonderful is, is, is just about to happen. Expect it to happen. Usually, though, people send it out with desperation. You know, for instance, um, people often call people like me because they've lost a lover, and they want that lover back. And um, I'll, I'll try to help them do that if, it, if, it's, if it's good, if the, if the divination says that there's a chance of that happening. And, and I'll, I'll tell them that I'll say it's very necessary now for you to let this go, to be relaxed, because the, the very paradoxical thing about reconciliation work, and a lot of root workers don't even do it, a lot of spell workers will not do rec, uh, reconciliation work for a variety of reasons. And um, I will also for a variety of reasons. It's got a low chance of success for one thing, and I think a lot of root workers don't like to fail. Their egos are very big. They don't like to fail. Um, but also, because there's a reason the relationship broke up, and I'll, I'll, I'll go into that at some other point, but there's a, there's a desperation for that relationship to come back. And that very desperation, that very desperation can push what you want away. Because what you send out is what you get is what you're going to get back, and if you're sending out desperation, desperation is what's going to come back to you. And sometimes, no matter what I what I say, no matter how I try to condition my my client, they're desperate. Prosperity, they're desperate. They've got to have money. They're desperate. And if you go into a casino, desperate, desperate's what you're going to get, and you're not going to get success. Um, I had a friend, and I guess I've told this story before. He calls me up. He says, I'm in Atlantic City. Guess who's here? I said, who? He goes, Michael Jordan. I said, really? He goes, and guess what just happened? I said, what? He said, he just won $14 million at the crap table. And you see, it's because he didn't care. He had, he had millions of dollars. It was fun for him. But if you go in there desperate, you say, man, I got I to win this money or I'll lose my house, then desperation is what you're going to get back. You're not going to get a miracle back. And desperation is not going to drive you. It will not drive you. Now, passion, however, passion is another story. Um, passion is when you are so excited about something and you love something so much that it, it's practically all you, all, you, all you can think about at that time. I'm not talking about obsession. Obsession is not good for you, but passion. Passion is when there's love behind it, not obsession, but love. And the God law is nothing about nothing if it's not about love. If there's love there, the God law is there. And I'm going to tell you that if desperation is there, it's it's not going to bring love back to you. Um, there can be love behind that. You know, you may you may miss the love that you had, but desperation has taken its place. You got to banish that from your mind. And um, if that desperation is taking the place of love, you've got to banish it from your mind. And this is very important. Um, it's very important. I have talked to people, and um, I'm not going to bore you with my step-by-step -step evolution to um, um, uh, to where I got to where I could... Um, Understand this um, um, realization that there is a uh, a natural force, natural forces that could bring into existence anything the human soul could ever need, health, success, or happiness. But I'll tell you that over time, I did come to believe it, and I I try very much to pass this on to everybody because the more you give it away, the more you have, and. Um, I know this power sustains me. I know it sustained me through terrible times. And uh, I, I smile through them. And people say, well, how can you, how can you smile through this? You know, you know, something, you know things that have happened. Um, 
And how can you be calm through these things? And it's because this power sustains me. Because I know it's there. Um, and you know, how can you be brave during these things and be fearless? Because this power is fearless. This power is always there. And you you must bring yourself in a receptive attitude. One of the one of the laws of this, you you, you project and you receive. And so I, I, I say, if you send it out there, be receptive, but don't be receptive to desperation. A lot of times in a breakup or something, you're desperate and you're lonely. And desperation and loneliness, neediness, hurt, that's what you're going to bring back. So what I find in reconciliation work is that if, if a person gets to the point where they say, well, you know, I'm past this now, I'm going to let it go and move on, then the person will come back. Because, you know, you see, they've let it go. They've given it back. And I, I hate this phrase, but they've given it to the universe. I hate that phrase, but, you know, there it is. They've given it, they've let it go. They've given it back. They've put it, into the, they put it in the hands of the God law. You know, they've, they've made the conditions such. They've opened up the space around them to where the will of the God law can manifest. And what they've sent out now is acceptance and calmness. And now that thought can go get through and a lot of times they'll meet someone else, and uh, they're dating. And what they're sending out now is, I'm ready to date. I'm ready. They're receptive, you see. They're receptive to the idea of someone in their life, and that ex will pick that up and come right back. Isn't that funny? Uh, and that's why that happens. It's like one of those cruel ironies of the universe, but, man, I tell you, it happens more often than it does. And if you if you sit in my chair, you see that happen a lot. It just makes you want to laugh. At, um, you know, people say, well, that's God's joke. Well, it's not God's joke. It's just what you send out will come back, and we're going to have station identification, and we'll be back in a minute. is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hooter Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Contraman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, Kendallo's Corner with Kendallo Canvisa, Michael Carell, and Lady A, Mondays, 5 to 7, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays, 6 to 7, On Sacred Ground with Kai Armand and Paige Zafiryu, Wednesdays, 3 to 4.30, Fit and Foxy with Madame Nadia and Jaya Danya, Wednesdays, 6 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursdays, 6 to 7.30. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays, 5 to 7. All times Pacific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. So we have to learn to control that, control our thoughts. And, you know, we're going to have anxiety. We're going to have fear. We're going to have feelings like that. But, man, we've got to learn to control our thoughts. And how I pity the person who says, I can't help what I think. And I do hear people say this. I can't help what I think. And I can't help what I feel. And I don't have control over my feelings. I don't have control over my thoughts. Well, who does if you don't? And this is a terrible thing. You know, you know, somebody and you know, someone says, Well, and you hear this like, Well, you made me do it. You know, she made me do it. It's your fault that I did this. Well, you know, uh, you know, poppycock. No. No one can make you do this. And um you know, it's uh, someone I was talking to someone the other day and they said, Well, I had some girl you know, I had two or three girlfriends but you know, they they messed it up. You know, really, all of them did, and I realized that this was somebody I really couldn't help, at least not then. So I didn't ask you know him to make another appointment or call me back because if he, you know, I was, I was telling him that you know the card said you know you need you know you've been alone for a long time you know why don't you have someone in your life to ease your loneliness? He had dogs, you know, and uh, he said, well, I had two or three girlfriends before, but they 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 all ruined it. Uh, okay, so. I think the psychological term for that is projection. But I want to tell you that you repeat over and over 
I am successful. I am wealthy. And, you know, this is an old trick, an old trick. It's it's misused a lot in motivational speakers. But you repeat this: I am successful. I am wealthy. I am happy. And you, you sometimes have to force yourself to do this. You know, you do it until you're sick. Sometimes you just force yourself. Your mind, your mind is trying to tell you. You know, you know, I'll, I'll never be loved. I'll, no one will ever love me. I'll, and you say, No, I'm not. I, I am attractive. I am. I am. I am just radiating because that's what guys you know chick magnets that's what they think the the sun rose and set in the crack of their ass you know um, and somebody think well you know that that guy's nothing you know he's god why, why does he have all these women because he's radiating and he's sending it out there you know in his mind he, he looks in the mirror in the morning and he goes man look at you you good looking son of a bitch women just love you he's telling himself that and he sends it out there and the god law takes charge so Remember, God is law, spiritual law, and since it's spiritual, you can't see it. It's like when you turn the light switch on, you know, light occurs. You just take it for granted. When you send it out in the God law, it will manifest. Take that for granted. So there has never been a created thing that did not originally come into existence through God law, the great spiritual law. And uh, I'm going to tell you that... Um, um, this will certainly come to work for you. Now, I've been promising for weeks that um, I'm going to tell you about the five E's, and I haven't gotten around to it yet. I have about 15 minutes, um, so I'm going, to, I'm going to try to get started on that. Um, but I'm going to tell you that affirmations um, by themselves won't work. You know, affirmations, you know, repeating stuff uh, just won't work. Uh, this wishy-washy system of affirming won't won't get you that. Uh, you got to have faith and you got to have passion. That's what's going to get it. The words themselves won't get it. Um, you know, I, I've seen these uh, motivational guys preach that thing about about the affirmation, and you know, the guys buy the tapes, they buy the, the CDs, they buy whatever it is, and they listen to them in the car, and they make minor changes in their life, and then they 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 don't go through with it because there's no passion, there's no faith, and if you don't believe in yourself, it's not going to happen because you have to believe in yourself, and this takes practice because we're not taught to believe in ourselves. We're really not. When you go to school, your belief in yourself is slowly undermined. And I want to tell you that this thing of giving uh, awards to everybody does not help self-esteem. You know, that, that kind of undermined it because self-esteem comes from actual achievement. When you set yourself a challenge and you achieve it, um, that's what you should do. Set yourself a challenge and achieve it. Work crossword puzzles, if nothing else. You know, work those little things in the newspaper. There's no feeling of accomplishment that can equal solving a crossword puzzle. Man, if you finish a crossword puzzle, you go, man, look at that. I'm, I'm addicted to them. I do them all the time. And you just go, ah, look what I did. You know, it's a great feeling of accomplishment that a lot of people don't, you know, people go, why do you do those? Well, it's the feeling of accomplishment when you finish it. If you play a musical instrument, you master a piece of music, it's a feeling of accomplishment. You challenge yourself. You're not competing with another person. And I want to tell you that um, with this mighty God law, I've seen death thwarted, death itself. People, the doctor said, you're going to die. And this person said, no, I'm not. My mom did that. My mom was a, a like a two to three pack a day smoker. And the doctors said, you got to quit smoking. She goes, I'm not going to do it. And she didn't believe that it was going to kill her. And she would be 70. And that last 20 years of her life was a medical miracle. And I keep thinking about this, and it was just she refused. She refused to let um, anything stand in her way of enjoying um, her um, her life, and she wanted. Uh, I remember she um, uh, wanted to see my son, her grandson, um, um, grow grow up. And about the time he he grew up, she relaxed this indomitable will of hers. And I remember she said. Um, She's she going, well, you know, I'm tired of fighting. And you know, shortly after that, she died. She died of lung cancer. And she was okay with it. So I'm, um, 
I will um, I will tell you that you can. I've seen people stave off death. I've seen people laugh at it, just laugh at it, laugh at death. So if you, if you don't think it's possible, it won't happen. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I know some skeptical people. And they say, well, you know, you can't change reality by thought. And I'm like, well, I'm telling tell you, reality came into existence because of thought. Um, um, I'm going to tell you that um, in recap, remember what we said several weeks ago, that this unseen realm where things operate, that's the real creative realm. Creation itself is secondary. The, the stuff that you can see and grasp, that's the manifestation, that's secondary. What we're really interested in, the primary, is the creative realm itself, the spiritual realm itself. That's what we're interested in. That's where the truth lies. That's you know People talk about truth. That's where the truth lies. And the truth does not lie in supernaturally revealed religions through prophets and messiahs. It lies in the manifestation in the here and now of this creative law. So with with this, your affirmation is I recognize and depend upon the God law to point the way. And if you get this in your mind, you won't be disappointed. I've never seen anybody disappointed yet. I recognize and depend upon the God law to point out the way. And you will be given signs and you will be given direction. Um, so if there is God, there must be a consistency, a law. A law is something that, that is unchangeable. It means it happens every time. That's why there's a law of gravitation. Nobody knows what gravity is, but it operates by laws. If you drop an object, it always falls. It always falls down. It always falls at the same speed. I mean, you know that, right? If you drop a one-pound ball or a hundred-pound ball, they both fall at the same speed. The hundred-pound ball doesn't drop faster than the one-pound ball. That's you see that in movies sometimes. There'll be uh, um, it happened in Lord of the Rings. The sword was falling, and Gandalf went after it, and he fell faster than the sword. And I went, no, 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 no. They both fall at the same speed. But I guess he's a wizard, so he could accelerate faster than gravity. Everything falls at the same speed. That's a law. Laws mean it happens the same way every time, basically. So this God law must be immutable. It has to. It never fails. It has to be immutable. It never fails. It has to be omniscient and omnipresent, and it has to be absolute. And I'll tell you that if you start working with this, you'll find that it doesn't let you down. And I'm going to tell you that the the personal God that people pray to um, often answers no. Often answers no. Now, are there not limitations to what you can get? I want to tell you no. No, there's no limitations. Um, there's no limitations. And historically, no, there's no limitations. The only limitations you're going to find are those that you set because you can't believe it. It, it can't happen. We, we're not, we have not yet emerged from the age of superstition. We were still very superstitious. Even the scientific mind is superstitious. The scientific mind believes there are limits. And if you don't think scientists are superstitious, man, you don't know any scientists. Scientists say, no, I don't believe that this exists. And any time the word believe comes up, that's superstition. There are metaphysical beliefs in science, just like there are in any other type of metaphysics. For instance, most scientists don't believe in ghosts. There's no evidence one way or the other whether ghosts exist. So that's a belief. You know, that's a belief. That's a metaphysical belief. Um, most scientists don't believe in ESP or psychic phenomena. That's a belief. That the court's still out on that. These are metaphysical beliefs, and these are personal biases. So, and I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of superstition in science. I, I have degrees in engineering and physics, and I've seen a lot of superstition, a lot of bullheaded superstition. And you know, every ten years or so, uh, scientific models get turned around. And that's why I, I didn't finish physics because I said this is a bunch of made up stuff but I'm not a science hater I'm, I'm not a science hater I think you should know as much about science as you can um, but I'm, well, I'm going to tell you don't worship science don't worship it respect it don't worship it but we're, we're in a superstitious age we still think there are limits and as long as you think there are limits there's going to be limits and 
Um, uh, I'm going to tell you that um, supernaturally re revealed religions are at least to a great deal responsible for this calamity of fear is in the world today. Um, all eyes are looking at the far, uh, you know, the Middle East. Um, supernaturally revealed religions are at the heart of much of what's going on over there. Um, and I want to tell you that if there was an understanding of the God law that's universal, none of that would happen. That is ignorance of the God law. And I think if enough people were to manifest the God law and put their will and their mind toward eliminating this calamity before it destroys us all, the mighty God law would put a stop to it before the end of the world comes upon us. But this seems like it has to be a phase the human race has to go through for this to work. Um, now, this is what it's like to me. There are people who don't ask. They don't ask for these good things. They do not ask for these good things that's being offered by the, the creative God law. These good things are there. They're set aside for you. Imagine a storehouse full of all these great things, prosperity, love, health, happiness. They're there. Got your name on it in a storehouse, and you're not asking for it. That's kind of like going to the bank, and there's money in the bank that belongs to you. Let's say a million dollars that belongs to you, and you go to the bank, and uh, you have a check, and you hand it to the teller, and the teller hands you the money, and you go, no, no, I don't want it. You know, I'm not good enough. I don't deserve it. It's exactly like that. It's exactly like that. You know, no, I don't, I don't deserve that million dollars. You know, you keep it. I, I don't deserve it. It's not mine. There must be a mistake. That's exactly what it's like. I mean, there's no difference. There's no difference. This stuff's set aside for you. It's yours. It's your birthright since the beginning of time. Why don't you ask for it? Why don't you have it? If you don't have it now, it's because of the limits that you set in your mind. So um, we are going to talk a little bit next week about um, about certain religions and and how they probably started out on the right path, and then, as usual, human beings messed it up. But let's talk for the next uh, five minutes or so about the five E's. And this was a model. I had a little talk I used to give to um, probably the most stubborn and thick-headed group of bullheaded individuals ever, the corporate world, to try to drive some spirituality into them. And then you talk about a thankless task. Um, the five E's, which are empathized ecology, Economize, elevate, and evolve, and um, this this is a way to um, create a, a sense of mindfulness um, and a philosophy of living that can help set anyone on a spiritual path. And of course, number one is empathize. And this is just an exercise where you put yourself in the shoes of everyone you meet, even people you don't like. And, you know, there's someone complaining, they're really negative. We tend to set up a resistance to that. And there's this philosophy that I utterly disagree with that says avoid negative people. You know, if you take that to its logical conclusion, you're going to avoid everybody. Everybody has a bad day. And um, I don't avoid negative people. I don't. Um, there's a, a, a theory in a New Thought called the law of non-resistance. And the reason we don't like negative people is because we resist it. You know, they, they set up negativity, and we resist that. So I try to empathize with them. You know, why are they, why are they so negative? And I don't try to change them. I empathize with them. So we, we empathize with everyone we meet and try to put ourselves in their shoes. And I mean everybody. I mean, you know, you're talking about people you don't like very much. You try to empathize with them. Now, economize means that we don't waste things. And... We waste a lot of things. We waste food. We waste um, time, and time is something we shouldn't waste. So we look at our lives to see what what we can salvage. What we, you know, recycling is an easy thing. Turning lights off is an easy thing. But what else are you? What else are we wasting? And get very selfish about wasting things, and 
I don't see as of about 15 years ago, I don't suffer fools very well. People don't waste my time. It's my time. You, you don't get to waste it. You don't get to take my time away from me. And if this makes me seem rude sometimes, you know, again, I empathize. I empathize, but it's my time. You can't you get my time. It's like taking my money. You can't have my time without asking me. And if you, if you, if you start to get insistent about it, I will get insistent about not, not stealing my time. Um, ecology, if you're going to live in the world, you've got to be in the world. We've got to take care of the earth. How can we take care of the earth? That's very important. Elevate. Always strive to be better. Don't make yourself miserable doing it, but always strive to be better. Always don't, don't be complacent. Strive to be better and evolve. Now, that may seem like elevation, but it really isn't. Um, evolve means to spiritually evolve. Spiritually evolve, and that means to get closer and closer to the God law. And that's what we've been working on now, to get closer and more uh, aware of the God law. Uh, coming up next is uh, in the streets of Beverly Smith. Dr. Beverly Smith is our newest air member of uh, the Association of Independent Readers and Workers. So um, stick around for that. I don't have a link for that, I'm afraid. Usually we do. Usually we have our good friend, uh, Troll Towelhead, that keeps up with that. But they're on the road right now. So I want to play you off with a little music, come back next week, and we shall uh, continue our discussion of that mighty power, the God law, the creative force. Uh, love you guys very much. We're counting down to our 100th episode. Do join us for that exciting event.